Welcome back to The Ron Show for Monday, November 21st, 2022. I'm your host, Ron Roberts. On the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com, our studio line is 404-913-2725. You can email the show, Ron, at RonShowATL.com. You can follow the show on Twitter, at RonShowATL. Other social media links, including audio archives and more, we've got that on our website at RonShowATL.com. So I want to take you back about six years and four and a half months ago. I awoke on June 13th in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina with my then husband, our two cats. And my phone, usually the first thing I put my eyes on, honestly. And I saw all these notifications about a mass shooting at Pulse Nightclub. Understand, I lived in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where the nightclub in that community for gay people to go to normally is Pulse Nightclub. And I panicked. We didn't go out the night before, so obviously I had no clue if something like that had happened. And I hesitate to say fortunately. But fortunate is how I felt when I realized for just that brief second that the Pulse nightclub shooting didn't occur in the Pulse nightclub that my closest friends might have been in, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And then I still felt heavy and heartbroken and a little sick inside that I even had that momentary second of relief that while it was a Pulse nightclub mass shooting, it wasn't inside the Pulse nightclub my friends would have been in, selfishly. In the Pulse Orlando shooting, 103 people were shot, 49 fatally. And... I go back to that moment a lot, well, annually, because over the years in my playing competitive softball in two local LGBTQI leagues here in Atlanta, I've gotten to know people playing in softball tournaments across the country, including Orlando. Yes, I've played in a softball tournament in Orlando, but I've also met players who are from Orlando. People who know people, people who mourn people, who miss people, who grieve for those losses from that night. One player in particular showed me his scar. The killer that night, Omar Martin, was just an idiot nut who had pretty easy access to obtaining the weapons he sought to carry out his slaughter. Not unlike most of the country. It's not that hard to get an AR-15 or a reasonable facsimile with minimal weight, with a minimal amount of background checking, and almost no mental health screening whatsoever. And even that varies from state to state. Now, gun rights advocates would tell you that these sort of things just can't be prevented. There's nothing that can be done to prevent them. And yet, when we had an assault weapons ban 
1994, until it expired under the George W. Bush presidency, we did see a precipitous drop in violent gun deaths and incidences involving semi-automatic weapons. Gun advocates would tell you, well, if there was a GGWG, that would normally stand for good guy with a gun, that good guy or gal would have lessened the carnage. And yet, there were a lot of good guys with guns who waited more than an hour outside the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, looking, I guess, for their balls because they didn't have any to go in and take down that murderer because they were out-weaponed. The same thing happened in Parkland, Florida. The only GGWG evident in Colorado Springs, the unarmed gay guys with guts who ran towards the gunfire instead of away from it, risking their own lives before attacking the shooter with his own gun, not to shoot him, just to knock him down, before subduing him and saving untold scores of lives. That's right, you heard it here first. GGWG now stands for Gay Guys with Guts. I mean, never mind the stupidity of thinking that perhaps if someone else in that club had a gun on them, makes any sense in an environment where alcohol is present. And never mind that the person who has the gun on them might not be partaking. All it takes is for one erratic drunk to snatch that gun from the holster, perhaps, and do all kinds of damage. In Georgia, by the way, that's completely legal. Yeah. You want to go to the nightclub? You want to be packing? No problem, says Brian Kemp. It's completely legal in the state of Georgia. Insanity. Now, what nightclub do you go to where it's bright and not loud so that you can get your wits about you if you hear something going on? And in what nightclub is everyone of sound mind and body and completely within their wits, not impaired by alcohol, so that something could go wrong? We see it happen all the time. People get a little tipsy, somebody says something or looks at the person the wrong way or stares at the girlfriend a little too long, and next thing you know, beer muscles show up. Better beer muscles than beer bullets. Back in Colorado Springs, their congressional representative is the deplorable Lauren Boebert, who did tweet yesterday, the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. This morning, the victims and their families are in my prayers. And yet Lauren Boebert, I'm just, you know what? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says it best in her tweet. Lauren Boebert, you have played a major role in elevating anti-LGBT plus hate rhetoric and anti-trans lies while spending your time in Congress blocking even the most common sense gun safety laws. You don't get to thoughts and prayers your way out of this. Look inward and change. Lauren Boebert's not the only one that needs to do that. There was a good bit from the right, 
of social media thoughts and prayers-like attitude with nothing of substance to offer other than thoughts and prayers. But hey, let's hyperventilate about fentanyl and Halloween candy. What's the death toll up to there? None? Huh. AOC ain't wrong. There's been a ton of anti-gay, anti-trans rhetoric. And this stuff fuels the nuts. It just does. But they don't want to hear that. They don't want to accept any of that personal responsibility that they like to parse out to everybody else. Well, pull up your bootstraps. Well, take your lumps. Admit to accept your responsibility in the rhetoric. Ted Cruz tweeting about straws today and the culture war. Like, we didn't just have five casualties in a gay bar in Colorado Springs because of a culture war. We can't say gay. Gay teachers in Florida can't happen to mention, by the way, if they're married or have a spouse or a significant other, that that's what that person is to them in the presence of their inquisitive school kids. And don't even get me started on the trans stuff. For some reason, while there are maybe, I don't know, tens of trans, male-to-female, interscholastic, athletic situations in this country, maybe tens? Is it even double digits? That has been such a nasty wedge issue for the right this election cycle. And it's not over. Herschel Walker just days ago unveiled another trans sports commercial. Because, as the GHSA pointed out, there are no trans male-to-female athletes in competition in this state. Why is this an issue? It's not, except to bigotry. To those who need to sneer at something different. Can't sneer and jeer anymore, not overtly, at people of color, especially when your candidate is a person of color. Can't sneer and deride gay marriage anymore because, hmm, damn, polling looks really strong in favor of that. I don't want to look like a bigot. I'll just quietly think what I still think, but I need a victim to continue to lambaste. Ah, the trans community. From the Washington Post today, transgender bartender found community at club where he was fatally shot. We just found out today, said Sabrina Aston, 67, a retired respiratory therapist, when interviewed by the Washington Post about Daniel Aston, her son. Daniel's mom said, some guys jumped on the shooter and saved some people. Unfortunately, it wasn't Daniel. He never made it to the hospital. Daniel was transgender and raised in the Tulsa suburbs, but followed his family to Colorado two years ago, finding a job and community at Club Q, his mom shared with the Washington Post. As a child, she said, I just thought he was going to grow out of it. 
that he was a tomboy. Then he got really depressed during high school, and he came out to me. He started hormone treatments at age 19 while attending Northeastern State University, where he led the LGBTQ student group, according to his mom. I will share this article, by the way. I believe it's not hidden by a paywall. That's good on the Washington Post. A year ago, according to Aston's mom, her son got uh, top surgery, and she remembers how happy he was to go swimming afterward at a family wedding. He'd been saving money and planned to finish college, which he had left after two years. He wore his hair in a mullet, she said, like Steve in Stranger Things. And she often brought people to see him at Club Q, where he recently performed a campy 80s hairband show. She said, we'd bring our friends and family every time they came in town to show off Dan. It's family friendly, she said. Her son took pride in how the shows raised money for a local LGBTQ youth group, like one he had volunteered with in Oklahoma. Not many parents go to those shows, but we were king and queen when we went there. They fawned over us. We never had to worry about drinks, according to Daniel's mom. Yeah, we always hear political rhetoric from the right about the attack on traditional family values. The attack on family. The very use of the word family to evoke an image that doesn't fit every family. Daniel Aston and his parents were family. And in the LGBTQ plus community, we find family outside of our family, sometimes because there are among us those who don't have family. So we create our own. Is it traditional? No. But is it family? Yes. And when you attack the trans community, who are a part of my family, you are attacking my family values. When you demonize drag queen story time, where, God forbid, adults are spending time with kids in a positive manner, you are attacking my family. When you'd rather take six-year-old Timmy to Hooters and fail to understand how that's grooming, but think that little Timmy, hearing a story read by a drag queen, is somehow grooming Timmy, you are attacking my family values, and I'm not going to stand for it. Now, I'm not going to share the Herschel Walker anti-trans sports-related commercial. He doesn't deserve the airtime for it. But I would call on his campaign to pull it, if for no other reason that it's a nothing burger. And it's highly insensitive and tone-deaf to the trans community, not just now, but at any time. There's just no point to it except to perpetuate hate for those who have the hate for those they don't know. He won't, his campaign won't, his party won't dial down the rhetoric because they don't think they are in any way, shape, form, or fashion 
ever at fault for anything that goes awry in this country. 